Welcome to this week's Tell Me More. We're in the studio with Luke and our guest, Tanner Watson of the Youth Ministry at First Baptist Arlington. We do talk about servant leadership, what it is to have service as mission as we look at Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It's a good conversation. We're grateful for Tanner, and we hope you enjoy it with us. are here in the studio. We sorry for a delayed episode uh, to, to our faithful to all listeners. our faithful listeners. We were on staff retreat. We're sorry. And it's Wednesday afternoon. And by the and time you listen to the this, pastor's not here. That's Whoa. Right. So <laughs> who's that? It's, it's Who's that over there? So I would uh, like to introduce everyone. Oh, let me. I'm gonna hit a button. Let <gasps> me introduce everyone. Oh, the volume's down. Oh, that's... Oh, never mind. It didn't work. The buttons didn't work. I'll just do it. Boop, 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 boop. Let me introduce <laughs> everyone to Tanner Watson. That's me. Our guys minister. Comma, it's a, MDiv, Truett Seminary. There you go. Three Truett grads in a room. <gasps> what could our, possibly go wrong? With our powers combined, <laughs> we are one Dennis Wiles. Well... Not, not really. Dr. Wiles did mention that... Tell me more. Recently, hit ten thousand downloads. Oh my gosh. This is the ten thousand download celebration podcast. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to you, the listener. We are in the big time now. We, and uh, okay, I confessed this with some deacons last night. I don't actually know what it means to download it because I don't download it. I just it, hit play. It, it basically it, if a listens. play counts as a download okay. because it kind of temporarily, I think, temporarily downloads it to your phone. I don't have a degree in computer science. Let's get so techie. If I'm wrong. Let's get techie. Yeah, please to, don't tell me. I went to seminary, not. Computer not, school. not computer school. <laughs> so, but I thought it's a big deal, thought, though. We hit ten thousand. It's a big deal. deal. Yes, and so I'll just be for scheduling issues because we had staff retreat and we're trying to catch up. Uh, Doctor Walls just couldn't be with us today, and so Luke and I said we're going to figure this out. But the we, B team, but we, it, we called to, in totally the no 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 pulled up someone from the miners. <laughs> yep, we did. We said who would we like. And then they weren't available, and so <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but we're re- I'm really excited because what I learned when I walked in here, because okay, I took maternity leave, and some some episodes happened without me, and they're kind of blurry for me. So I didn't know we have never had Tanner in here. I knew I had not been in here with Tanner, but y'all have told me this is Tanner Watson's first time on Tell Me More. That's right, it's his first time. Therefore, let's do it. Tanner, tell us more. About yourself. Oh, uh, my name is Tanner Watson, and I work at First Baptist Church of Arlington. How long you been here? Let's let's walk. Uh, about, we can go, we can go backward. A, a year in nine or ten months. Okay. Well, no, no just a little less. Your two year anniversary is in March, January. March. Yeah, March, March. twenty two is when okay. I started. Okay. Uh, and you, what role do you play? I am the youth ministry associate for guys ministry. Okay. Or the guys minister for short. So I hang out over in the student center with 7th through 12th graders, and I specifically focus on programming for our young men. And, and we appreciate it. Like, scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like being here? Uh, you know, I was actually telling someone, someone this the other day. It's probably a 10. I really enjoy 9, wow. nine when I'm uh, shopping. I don't like shopping, but it is what it is. <laughs> on shopping days, I like my job <laughs> yeah. a 9 out of 10, but, which is still pretty good. Uh, that is pretty that good. Is pretty good. Uh, most days, in uh, camp week, it's 11 out of 10. You uh, love camp. I love camp. Okay. Mm. So that balances out nicely to a straight. Yeah, that is the average. Yeah. Well, and before we sat down in the studio, Tanner also holds the title of being the very first member of Gen Z to serve on our ministry staff. That's true. I think. I think. I'm th- I'm, I mean, Tara's here as well. 
I don't even know who came first. Who came first? I was before Tara. So, so yeah, Tanner you're is the, the first. very first member of Gen Z to serve on our ministry staff. So what does that mean to y'all? I'm looking at a millennial with Luke. I'm looking at a Gen Z with you over there, Tanner. Well, I'm, I'm like an old Gen Z too. I'm an elder millennial. I'm just nicely in the middle of millennials. <laughs> so yeah. for those yeah, what does that home, what does that mean? What are we about young adult What does that ministry? mean to have Tanner among us? Tanner and other Gen Z members would have been born starting in 1996. Millennials would mm-hmm. be anywhere between 1981 and 19, the end of 1995. Mm-hmm. So Tanner is the very, very first. Most Gen Z were born after 9-11 because mm-hmm. uh, it goes to like 2010, give or take. That's right. Yeah, because your youth now are, are starting to flow in from a different generation. Yeah. Is that right? Your, Seventh graders are Gen Alpha, technically. Isn't that crazy? Yes. To me, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, okay, let's. I want to know more about you, Tanner. So, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I was actually born right here in Arlington, Texas, at Arlington Memorial Hospital. How about um, that? About two miles away from the church. Yeah. Oh, not even two miles it's, away from the church. It's right up there. Uh, but uh, I actually grew up in Argyle, Texas, north of here, uh-huh. Denton County. Uh, that's where I spent all of my school years, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, I attended First United Methodist Church of Argyle while I was I, up there. Okay. I also um, grew up Methodist. Yes. We have that Go in John common. Wesley. Um, Go John Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> I attended uh, college at the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor. Okay. I not Baylor. Not Baylor. Mary Hardin-Baylor. The University of Mary Hardin-Baylor, um, two-time national champions. Um, Tell us more. Uh, in football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> D3, baby. Uh, <laughs> I uh, only went there because A&M told me, oh, we like you, but you got to spend a year at another school before you can come to A&M. And I ended up wanting to be in the same place for four years. Mm-hmm. So you said, I'm going to give this a try. And it was awesome. Studied Christian studies there, seminary junior. Uh, For anybody who's thinking about going into ministry, study business or marketing (laughs) or event planning or something and then go to seminary. Got it. uh, (laughs) You don't recommend the double. uh, I I mean, it was great to go into seminary with uh, all this prior knowledge and I didn't have to do all the same work that my peers had to do to catch up. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they did catch up, it didn't make a difference. So. Got it. That makes sense. I went uh. to seminary from a state school with an education degree. So I did have to catch up. Mm-hmm. And in some ways envied those who kind of had the language. But I think by the time we graduated, we were somewhat yep. peers. Yep, part. Yeah. I wish that I had at least taken one event planning class in college. Just straight up event something. planning. Do they even have that? I guess so. I think They've there are to. event planning degrees now. I think you can even get a master's degree in event in planning. In event planning? That is basically youth ministry. Not that, and I don't want, Seriously. for those listening, we think youth ministry is more than planning events, but that so much of it is. A lot of my job. Providing space for people mm-hmm. to be together. Creating programming. Yeah. It is what it is. So. Yeah, we're thankful. Well, what else do we need to know about you? Anything? Uh, after college, I went to Baylor University's George W. Truitt Theological Seminary. We Got know my it. MDiv Sick-em. there. We know Sick-em it. Bears. So, okay, between the four of us, were we... Three of us. Who's the fourth? I don't know why I was saying that. I was thinking about <laughs> Ryan four Ryan Hodges. Yeah, sure, throw him in. But, I mean, okay, I got there in 2011. Look, I started we, in 2013. We overlapped. When did you leave? I graduated 2017. When did you get there? 2019. Oh, big gap. There's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never mind. I thought maybe we had like, congruent like, years there. We did not. So, okay. He's a baby. We got a baby among us here on the podcast today. It is what it is. So... 
Okay, anything else we need to know about you before we jump into the text? Uh, I love barbecue. And What's your favorite barbecue? Do you have a definitive ranking? Like restaurant or just barbecue to eat? Let's like, do both. Um, I, was, I was thinking restaurant, but we can do both. It's hard to beat just like the like fatty brisket, like moist brisket. Okay, um, you're a brisket guy. Yeah, mm. big Texas Texan. barbecue. Texan, I mean. I think my favorite barbecue on the planet might be Terry Black's in Deep Ellum. Okay. So good. Their brisket, particularly. Oh, their briskets to die for. I don't think I've ever been to Terry Black's. Mm. I can't say I have. You're going to have to put it on the list. Yeah. Next staff retreat. Okay. The three of us. Do you have a barbecue that you think is overrated? Um, not, not a cut of barbecue. I mean mm. a place. Oh, um, VTEX and Waco. Oh, agreed. That's like a hot take, but because like. Yeah. Generations of Wacoans and Baylor students. Don't come for us, Baylor Bears. Um, yeah. yeah. You just don't think it's that great. I just, there's better barbecue in Waco. There, Waco has good barbecue. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this is not a podcast about barbecue. It's not. It Party. could easily become one. <laughs> we got Andy in here and we start talking meat church. Right, I know. Um. I have other questions, but I'll keep them to myself. But can we, okay, Luke, it's Missions Month. It is Missions Month. And I you love are a missiologist. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that, I guess. I'll say it about you. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we reserve that for those more in academia, then we could get in trouble. But you have spent your life and your kind of passion and calling yeah. studying missional practice. Yours more in the Western world, mm-hmm. in kind of lo- for us, like local, how do we reach our kind yeah, of my same, focus has same been Western culture. culture? But when we start, you know, talking about missions and what we're going to talk about from the sermon yesterday, Three days ago, um, you, day you have thoughts on it. I you've, do. You've read about it. You've thought about it, and so I do want your opinion as well, as well as you, Tanner, because you're our guest, and so we want to give you time and space to share your heart for it. But can we jump right in? Let's do it. John thirteen. John thirteen. So, Doctor Wiles, it feels weird to talk about a sermon without him here. I know. Um, but we'll just pretend that he had all these wonderful things to say instead of just make a podcast. So uh, <laughs> that's not how it happened. He couldn't make it, regretfully. Yeah, he does have so, wonderful things to say. He does. So John 13, I'm not going to exegete it as well as Dr. Wiles did on Sunday he morning. He did a really good he job. He did a great job. Uh, yeah, way to go. Way if to go you D-dub. are listening at home and you're wondering, what was John 13 all about? Don't take my word for it. Go back and yeah. listen to Sunday's sermon again. But it was excellent. Broad strokes. Broad the, strokes. The scene is that he's washing yeah, the so disciples. Yeah, so Jesus feet. is wrapping up the end of his ministry. It is the book of John. And John, obviously, is a different kind of take than the other three Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in case you don't know, are often referred to as the synoptics. So if you think about the word optic is like see, like optics, Same. how things look. Yeah. And then sin is together. So synoptics, they see together. They have the same point of view, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John, doing his Matthew own thing. Matthew and Luke probably had a copy of Mark somewhere yeah. that they were kind of basing mm-hmm. it off. But John's also writing decades later. Uh, this is almost more of a theological reflection mm-hmm. on Jesus's life and ministry than the other three Gospels. Right. So John's reflected over his life. Um, so John is now talking about uh, the end of Jesus's ministry. It's this final week. John spends a lot of time on Jesus's final week. That takes up a lot of the Gospel and so now we get to this foot washing scene, which does occur elsewhere. And ultimately, and Dr. Wiles said it best, is the theme of this is that no servant is greater than his master. So Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. He's pointing them to this greater reality. They had these expectations for who he was going to be. Even in this last week, mm. Jesus mm. knew what was yeah. coming. They didn't. He knew they did not. Yeah. And when this is happening, he's hours away yeah. from being nailed to the cross. 
It is, it's the final countdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't know. No? At best, he's tried to even let them in on some of it. They don't know. Yeah, so they don't get it. Um, I thought it, well, it was even when he's washing their feet, they don't get it, right? We see that in the scene. Yeah, and I thought it was very astute. And this was a new thing for me that there are two protests about foot washing in the Gospel of John. The first uh, is Judas, and he protests when Jesus's feet get washed, mm-hmm. uh, and he is the betrayer. And then the second mm-hmm. one to protest the feet washing that Jesus does is Peter, who's the denier. Um, and ultimately, Jesus says, if I don't wash you, if you don't participate in this, you don't have a part of me. Dr. Wiles said it really well. This isn't about him just like washing them. If I don't wash your feet, literally, you don't have a part of my ministry. It's if you're not going to be a part of the way that this messianic kingdom is going to run, and this is what my messianic kingdom looks like, then you have no part of me. If you're not going to be. There is no other there, way to this. Do this is mm-hmm. the way. This is the way of that this kingdom works. And so... Well, that's like if this is the Last Supper, and the doctor, Dr. Wiles made this point that if you can't get behind this, what's happening right here, just wait till what happens mm. here in a few hours. It's almost like, like an, an amuse bouche, a little taste. Mm-hmm. Good use of if that you, phrase. Thank you. If you can't palate this, mm-hmm. then you can't, no way you can palate what's coming. Absolutely. And so when we talk about this, I think it's fair to say that this is um, the way of Jesus would be the way of serving. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Wells talked a bit about that. And then he equates serving, um, even he used the word humiliation, within the crucifixion. So you've mm-hmm. got the washing the feet, which is a smaller version of it, and then this magnified version of it, which is the crucifixion in the way of serving. Mm-hmm. Luke or Tanner, kind of from a missiological perspective, how do you see service as the the maybe the evangelical edge? How do you see service as turning into mission? You know, obviously service is what Christians do. And yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a way to live it within the community of God, right? Yeah. You go, you have the better seat at the table. You, um, you get the last serving of turkey at Thanksgiving. You know, there's a selflessness to the Christian way. Yeah. Marriage has that. But when we talk about mission and put it in the middle of missions month, how does serving tie into undergird um, shed light to our mission in the world. What do you think there? I can monologue on this, so I'm going to try not to. <laughs> I, Tanner and I will both. Tanner, you get full permission. I get full permission. We'll stop him when it feels monologue okay. okay. So when we think about— Because <laughs> I want to hear from you, too. What happens here is Jesus is ultimately letting go of his power. And so there are some that talk about this Philippians 2 passage that got read on Sunday that Jesus emptied himself. Some people would say he's yeah. even— even emptying himself of divine attributes. We don't have to go that far, but Jesus Mm -hmm. is basically self-emptying, letting go of his claim to power. And he's saying, I am a servant. So let's just not mistake the magnitude of what's happening in John chapter 13. The light of the world that came down, the organizing principle of the universe, that's the language John uses, the proclaimed definitive word of God. All of these things are the kind of background words getting used to describe the incarnation in John chapter yeah. 1. Mm-hmm. So if you think Which about are that these word, just huge transcendent yeah. words, Logos right? for the Greeks would Giant. have been the organizing principle of the universe. Mm-hmm. The word, which is what logos means in Hebrew, would have been like the prophetic definitive word of God. Yeah, the wisdom of God, that so whole wrapped up in there. Both of those overtones are loaded into who Jesus is in John's gospel. So mm-hmm. that is now washing disgusting human feet. Mm. So there is a magnitude. Yeah, so, so that we, became flesh, which a baby, very vulnerable, very tender, how humble. Yes. 
But then as an adult, taking the role of, especially in that culture. A servant, a lowly servant. The the disciples are like, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. No way. Get up. Right. So Jesus is basically letting go of this power, not abandoning it, so to speak, because we know that Jesus is ultimately powerful. But he's laying it aside to serve, and he's saying, you come and follow me and do likewise. So when we think about missions, when we go anywhere, this happens um, across the street, this happens around the world, there's a very real sense that to do mission well, we have to lay lay our power down. Uh, Leslie Newbegin would talk about how the ground is level at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. meaning that there's no hierarchy, hierarchy yeah. or power at the foot of the cross. We're mm-hmm. all on equal playing ground. If you were to look and read through missions history, which if you would like to become a depressed person, it's a great way to start. Oh, you're saying it's a bit drab. Mission, no. It's I don't mean drab like boring. Brutal. I mean like drab on the spirit. Mission mm-hmm. history. A little, a little shadow. It's a little brutal sometimes. Shadow of the Christian life. There's some great, great stories. Because we messed histories. up. But we, we messed, messed up, up a lot because power became mm. this dynamic. So if you think about the fact that South America is a predominantly Catholic part of the world, just think about that. How did Catholicism arrive in South America? It arrived through the swords of the conquistadors. Mm-hmm. Colonialism. And colonialism. Mm-hmm. And it's a brutal colonialism, and it brings all sorts of other things, especially rooted in power dynamics with yeah. it. Um, force, rule by force, force which and is so, not necessarily the Jesus way, right? Yeah, Regardless. missions has sometimes operated through force. But Jesus says, no, you will operate as servants. You will follow my example. You will live this Philippians 2 kind of life because this is the way of the anointed king. Messiah means the anointed one. So this is the way of our anointed one. This is the way of our king. We serve. Mm. If it was Jesus wasn't too good for this, then we aren't. Too good for this. So as we think okay, about... Okay, I'm going to put a pin in that. Yeah. Tanner, what's that, what's that doing with you? What do you think? Well, want to throw, I guess I'll throw my, my, my theological cards on the table. Um, I think this is such a... Because oftentimes growing up, when I was told the story, it's like, oh, Jesus, he's God, and he washed a bunch of dirty guys' feet, and that's awesome, and this is why we celebrate the story. And it really is that... But in a way more profound and uh, even theologically dense um, kind of way, th- what I what speaks to me about the story is how Jesus in this moment is meeting like a physical need, and when you think about our mission as Christian Christians uh, and what it means to witness, it is something that is physical and it meets a need. And I think especially when you're talking to younger people and people closer to my context, they really need the gospel to mean something here and now. And what Jesus is doing for the disciples is meeting a need here and now. And that is a great example of what the gospel is. And we've talked about this, the missions and Showing people the love of Jesus and sharing the gospel is not just the conversation had. It's the physical needs met that Christians offer other image bearers. Mm. So when we're on the field. So you're even getting into like soteriology. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the way in which. Soteriology being the study of salvation. Yeah. So like the way in which God is saving and redeeming the world Mm -hmm. is actually through not just. the conversion of souls, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. very true. It's actually like 
we're restoring this thing to what God wanted to be. People exactly. are, people are being fed, lives are being healed, that kind of thing. Well, and not to be like too gnostic cuz I'm not. Meaning the body, bad, spirit, good. Yeah, that, you've, you've, you've the gotten these two things. Gnosticism. Yeah, you've parsed out the body and the spirit and said only the spirit matters. When we accept the gift of salvation, when we recognize Jesus as Lord, we are becoming a fuller version of ourselves, something that we were designed to be. We are closer to the image of Jesus when we recognize him as Lord mm -hmm. and when we take on the Holy Spirit, uh, that mm -hmm. is part of our design. And that offers us the opportunity to physically and spiritually serve those around us. Mm -hmm. And I think especially young people, especially my students, the gospel doesn't matter to them unless mm -hmm. it's doing something. So part of like a justice bent is that what you're getting at? I, at some, in some levels, yes. Yeah, that it's on the um, move. Yeah, restoring uh, the world. W w it exists for the least of these, mm. and that could be uh, something like someone who's hungry, and it could be some some other intense injustice. But the gospel certainly has spiritual and eternal implications, and those I believe are fleshed out initially through some of those physical actions. So when we go and feed someone that needs food, it's not just that. It's also honoring them as an image bearer, and it's showing them how the God of the universe loves them. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that kind of is the image that comes to mind when I see Jesus washing feet the meeting of needs and like the the level playing field, like the ground is level at the feet of the cross. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard it said, uh, I can't remember where this came from, but uh, there aren't ladders to climb. There are only feet to wash. Mm. Uh, it, that is the goal. Whatever feet washing means for my students, yeah. whatever feet washing means for our church or me personally, and it's always evolving, right? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes... It might actually be washing feet, yeah. um, showing someone that you are not better than them. In mm -hmm. fact, the, the the playing field is level. So you do have, and look, I want to. I put a pin in you, so I'm, we're coming back. Mm. I promise. But it is. I don't want to miss it. Like you have the what you're saying, like this king of the universe, however you want to say that, um, doing the task that no one else would want to do. And mm -hmm. in fact, if anyone else at the table did it, it would feel like they were shaming themselves. Mm -hmm. yes. They're doing a role beat below them in a in a culture that had that, you know, we don't really have the, that kind of hierarchical status. But it is, so if you're driving and thinking about this and listening to this, that actually means that there's no role in our society, in our church that's too good for you mm -hmm. or too, you're too good for mm -hmm. that's below you. I remember, can I give a shout out to a church member? Is that okay? Absolutely. When we, you know, the former mayor and very influential person in our church is, is Mayor Jeff Williams. He's a good person. He's been a deacon at our church. He's one of the pastor's good friends. And three years ago, four years ago, let me think about this, maybe 21, we finished renovating the first floor and we needed to put back a bunch of stuff. And it, the scope had kind of grown. We were going to clean out the Welcome Home Center. And then it was like, you know what? Hey, Katie, well, you have some volunteers here. Could y'all move the Coke machine back to where it belongs? And just a few other things. And then it became like, you know what? Let's just invite the church. Let's just invite the church up here on a Tuesday night. None mm. of y'all were here, right? Y'all weren't here mm -mm. yet. Okay. And so it was not that long ago, though. It was post-COVID, like maybe 21 we did this. 
And so Erica was still Dr. Wild's assistant. So she got this note card system. And basically, whoever showed up, it was like 100. We gave out the SOS like the day before. And there was like 100 church members that showed up. And they just took little assignments from Erica and went and did them. And it was things random. But it was just getting the building back like it needed to be so we could use it fully. Mm -hmm. And all the renovations are finally done after years and years and years. And so it was things like get the dolly and move the cook machine back where it goes or you know, go through the shelf and clean it out. But there was one that was clean out the third floor fridge. And if y'all remember, the third floor had sat empty for a really long time. Mm. The fridge was goopy and really Ooh. nasty. It's not a good word for a fridge. And, <laughs> and I remember Erica being like, I don't know who to give this one to because it's a gross job. And Mayor Jeff Williams, who I can't remember if he was still the mayor in 21, but, you know, he had been mayor. He and I think Karen came up and Erica was like, this is kind of the last one left. And he was like, then I'll take it. And he just mm. went and did what I think is the best job cleaning out a fridge, he treated that job with the same respect and care and nurture as he would, I don't know, let's name all the projects he's been working on. But it was just such a good reminder. And I don't think I needed to, to be reminded that our deacons in general, our church leaders in general, don't see things as below them. But you have, you know, someone who could say, can you give me something a little more honorable or visible mm -hmm. or worthy of my... Less goopy. Less mm -hmm. goopy, less my title goopy. and tenure at this church. And instead, he's like, "Give me, I'm here to serve. Mm -hmm. I, I, the SOS yeah. went out. I'm here to serve my church. Give me the tasks you have. And so I think, you know, you look at someone like that, and in this particular case, that person, Jeff Williams, and somehow along the way in his spiritual formation, he has understood that the role of the people who are following the Jesus way, that are going to look like Jesus, are going to do the dirty jobs. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing below them, even if your stature in life has brought you to a place where you're, you may not be asked often to do something like that. Mm -hmm. It's mm. still not below you. And I think so, hats there, off. There's dozens of examples. He may not from have wanted church. me to tell that story, but I'm telling it, and I'm sorry if it embarrasses. <laughs> the, yeah. the, there's so, dozens yeah. of examples from our church of we feet washing like that. Yeah, um, and I mean, if you want to give somebody a shout out, do it. Youth ministry is oh feet washing in itself. My <laughs> gosh, these adults that serve year in and year out. Seriously, our small group leaders, I people mean, who come to camp, take a week off to come hang out. with Take students. a week off their jobs to sleep in bunk houses and love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have some great people. We do. Truly, truly great. People. Tanner, anybody come to mind from youth ministry? Oh, man. Just name one. <laughs> well, I automatically think of someone like Zach Jones who okay. like takes a week off from his job. Yeah. Like He only gets so many vacation days. Yeah. and He's not it. retired. He's our age. No, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he spends it with students, and he loves it, mm -hmm. uh, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. But it's not convenient for him to mm -hmm. just pick up everything mm -hmm. and leave town for five days. Yeah. You can say that about anybody who comes and yeah. serves at camp. Sure, I get but, paid to be there, but yeah. not everybody does. No, and you don't take a week off to be there. I did not take a week it's off. It's the opposite of week off. <laughs> yeah. so. Anyway, okay. Thank you for entertaining me with that. Yeah. Luke, what, what did I interrupt you earlier? What, no, were you, what role were you no on? No interruption. I can, no, no, just, I can roll any direction. No, but you, I mean, when you think about service in mission, like what's the, yeah. the one-two punch? What's kind of the meat of it for you? You know, there's this historic, and I don't know that, this our church doesn't operate this way, so I don't think this is the framework anyone in our church has. But there's this historic debate. So if you're offering a critique, it's not a first Baptist Arlington. No, I don't it's think a, this the is larger. This may be church. foreign to our people, huh. even. But there's a historic debate within missions of kind of evangelism, just straight up. We're going to share the good news of Jesus. We're going to tell it, and that's that's what mission yeah. is. Yeah, they, they would, might even call it church planting. 
Yeah. Which we don't disagree with, but yeah. like that's the only way to do mission. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, this is mission. The Southern Baptists had that debate. I mean, that's versus justice causes. So that would be we're going to go and we're going to do relief work. We're going to do agricultural training. Build we're going to provide medical care, build yeah. hospitals. And so for a whole sect of people, that's what the mission of God is. It's we're going to do, we're going to heal the sick. We're going to free the prisoner, you know, those kind of very tangible acts that Jesus did. And so for so much of Christian history, there have been groups of Christians who have kind of divorced those two things from one another. I think First Baptist Arlington exists in a really healthy middle. Mm. And that we— los dos. Yeah. Why not both? Why not both? Yeah, I think that's what we both. have said mm-hmm. years ago when we've done several things, several yeah, adventures. So you but think about the work we do around the world. Mm-hmm. I think about our Sierra Leone work particularly. Yeah, the service yeah. goes hand in hand with the gospel. And it's not a bait and switch. No. So we're, you know, if someone, you know, I think if in Sierra Leone a group said, oh, no, we're not. Don't come here. We reject the gospel, which this happened. Yeah. Dr. Wiles referenced this on Sunday. Yeah. This is not a hypothetical. Our medical team would not deny not them medical care. Mm-mm. They would continue to provide medical care even if the gospel or church planting efforts had been rejected. Yeah, because they do that as an expression of the gospel. Yeah. That is part of the gospel. They believe that this is how Jesus would live. So they're going to share the Jesus message in the Jesus way. And so we're not doing a bait and switch with our service. So when you think about people you encounter, if you are engaged in service, the service you give someone is not you trying to manipulate them into gospel acceptance. It is you providing a tangible demonstration of the love of God mm. and you doing what your king has instructed you to do. Mm-hmm. So. Boom. Missions. Missions. All right, hit the record button. We're, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Well, I mean, really, we don't have, we've been going long lately. We, don't, we can do a kind of yeah. I, you know, I did pack think a of punch. One more story. This isn't yeah. us. This isn't our people, but I have— there's a guy, he grew up in the town I grew up in, uh, and one time I was out in Los Angeles visiting him and his family, and he and his wife and their kids are part of a Christian mission organization, and one of the things that is part of this organization is they take vows of poverty, mm. and they live among uh, poor people in urban areas. Mm. And so uh, this family, uh, his first name's Paul, they lived, we went and ate dinner with them. We're in Los Angeles. We go over to their apartment, and it is uh, a rough L.A. neighborhood yeah. where they're living and raising their kids, mm. but they're in there for the purpose of demonstrating the love of Christ. And I remember this conversation where one of the things that he talked about is uh, the need to practice reverse hospitality, and that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, what does concept. that mean? So sometimes when we practice service, we do it because we're better than other people. Mm. And we're, you know, let me serve you because I'm in a position of the ability to do so. But sometimes what's actually needed is for us to accept the hospitality or service or expression of love from someone else mm. who we might consider below us or beneath us or unable to do so. So one of the things that this family practices is what they call reverse hospitality. And they go and they accept hospitality from people um, who aren't able, you know, they would not consider to be the worthy givers of hospitality in another context. So as you think about service or even what happens when we go overseas, there are times we accept hospitality not because we need it or we accept service not because we need it, but because it gives the other person an opportunity 
to do to that. To share in this. To share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It honors them. It honors them. And so another just word of caution is sometimes we use service as a way to put a barrier or a divider between mm-hmm. us and someone else. We mm-hmm. give these handouts and then we get to walk away. But really, I would encourage you and challenge you to how do you actually allow yourself yeah. to live life with these people and remember that you're not better than them? I've heard mm-hmm. I don't think you think that listener your listener. No, but we can be. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's good. A good asterisk to put on that. But I do think sometimes we we are pretty self sufficient people. I mean, when I think about our first Baptist crew, we just we have the means to provide for ourselves, mm-hmm. and we don't By always large. need. Yeah, not all of us, and not at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that in our own life. But uh, I think there's a, a good story I heard that's right along the same lines as somebody. I can't remember if it's made up or I read it or if it's something real from our church. But uh, someone would ask, ask their neighbor for things like salt or egg. I mean, something really small that you could probably run to the store and get yourself. And then I think the kid was watching and said, Dad or Mom, why why do you do that? And they're like, well, if we ask them for small things of help, then it gives them permission to ask us for help when they need mm. it. And it just it opens that door That's good. to to be a, in a mutual sharing friendship mm-hmm. that doesn't feel like one-sided help. And, and maybe when you see Jesus washing the feet, you see that just kind of um, humility on display. It's good. Yeah. It's a good thought. Yeah. I would encourage, I mean, listener, this is not necessarily, this isn't really an option. A feet washing, whatever it means for you, is something that you're called to do mm-hmm. as a Christian. It's the Jesus way. Huh? It's the Jesus way. If mm-hmm. we are chasing after the Jesus way, we need to figure out who the least of these are in our lives and figure out how to minister to them and witness to them and serve them and ultimately wash their feet. And I mean, there's no shortage of ways through the ministries of First Baptist of Arlington. There's plenty of opportunities, whether mm-hmm. that be abroad or right here in Arlington. But uh, there's plenty of resources for you. But I would encourage you to make sure that you're asking yourself what that means for you um, to wash others' feet, because it is so important and it, it is. is part of your call um, when you start following Jesus. Okay, mm. I'm going to ask one more question. Whoa! I thought container. we were, I thought we were oh. landing the plane. Uh, <laughs> we, we landed a plane. Now a different plane's going to take off. Oh, Uh-oh. I see. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to give Tanner an opportunity to brag on the things that God has been doing through the youth ministry this semester. Oh. Tell us. So more. because Tell I know that more. not all of our listeners are necessarily in tune with a, what is happening over there in teenage yeah, land, I love that. but I think it'd be really encouraging for our listeners to just know what's been happening. Just give us like a 90-second rundown. Yeah. Um, this semester, we changed up a lot about what it means to do youth ministry at First Arlington. One of the biggest changes we did was start using a program called Alpha, and Alpha is based around question asking. Luke actually helped us find Alpha, and Basically, this we, Luke right here. This Luke wow. right across from me, okay. uh, listener. Uh, <laughs> Alpha is this really cool program based in out of England that uh, is it's it's based around question asking. So we present a question. Um, so last week we asked, "What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit?" Before that, we asked, "Who is the Holy Spirit?" We ask that question, and then we give the biblical perspective, and then we let students talk about it in groups and we have adults help guide the discussion but it's all about getting different perspectives and ultimately being informed by the biblical perspective but the hope of this format was that it created a really safe environment for students to invite their friends Mm -hmm. and at the very front end of the semester Mm -hmm. we said guys this is a risk and we know that some of you 
already feel like you have answers to these questions, but we want you to invite your friends, and this doesn't work if you don't invite mm. your friends. Mm. And we want to share these questions with them and help answer these questions in their own lives. What does it look like to mm. have Jesus dying on the cross, and why did he have to die? What does it look like for the universe to be created by someone? Mm. Uh, and students are seeking these answers, uh, and we wanted to create an environment where they heard the biblical pr perspective felt like their perspective was honored even if they disagreed with it and ultimately just hoped that they heard and had truth spoken into their lives. So that's what probably the biggest change to youth ministry and the success of it has been beautiful. We kind of set a goal. Wake Up Weekends is our dean now that happens in January that yeah. some of you may know about. We set a goal of hopefully getting 60 unique new visiting students mm -hmm. to youth programming by wake up weekends and the other day we hit 58 so Get it. Uh, <laughs> and i heard if they if the ones that we think are going to come to dwell which is your girls retreat this weekend you'll hit it by then yes. that's what Curdle said yes which is great yeah. so, so before thanksgiving break yeah and you've had two solid your, months ahead of time the students at first baptist arlington have invited almost 60 friends youth group. Mm -hmm. How many of those would you say didn't just come once but actually kept coming back? I would say at least, I would say pr close to a third of them have come back at least twice. Some of them are no longer guests or visitors. Right. Even you're though like, they might fill out the now. form. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not a visitor anymore. You come and are they starting to bring the their group. friends? Some of them already are. On yeah, that, that you're has like, gener happened. It's generational yeah. now. Uh, so there's something cool. stirring, I think, in like students of today, not just in Arlington, but awesome, they're Tanner. seeking questions. And we feel like this is the right way. The hope is that through helping them just in a safe environment, tackle these questions, like doubt is okay and questions are okay. And as long as we're seeking biblical answers, uh, I think we're going to land in a pretty good spot. And yeah. We've seen that with the youth. Well, I am super proud of cool. the youth ministry and our students. That is cool. It's, and it's students. I mean, we told them, I mean, and students yeah. already know this. It doesn't matter if I invite a student 10 times, maybe on the 12th time they'll come. But all it takes is two or three solid conversations between two students, and they can invite a friend. And that speaks way more than anything I could ever say to a student. Mm. So. Absolutely. Well, way to go, everybody. Good job, youth ministry, and everyone, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me on, y'all. It'll be fun. It, Next week fun. is the week of Thanksgiving, so it'll fun. also be dicey. <laughs> fun. Fun. In here. It's going to be fun. With, you know, who's in the office and how we get to record. I think I've also heard a rumor that we may not have Dr. Wiles next week. But just just a rumor at this point. Oh. So still We're going to do in. our best, everybody. Still tune in. He's going to be at the World Series again. <laughs> He'll be preaching on Sunday. We just <laughs> may not here. have him in this Oh, video. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. So, well, we appreciate y'all, and thanks for hanging with us. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.